everyone, and welcome back to the Kicks of Crotch podcast, brought to you by the Self-Defence and Wellbeing Society at Canterbury Cross Church University. Um, so this week we're going to be talking about HEMA, Historical European Martial Arts. Um, I'm joined here with um, Patrick, who's over in America, who is uh, previously a practitioner of Shotokan Karate, and then moved into the world of HEMA and has done a lot of um, personal research on that as well. Uh, I also have background in HEMA, so those of you that may know, I was uh, previously the caretaker lead for the UK Bartitsu Alliance, um, Bartitsu being a specifically English martial art, although mixed with every kind of other European martial art and um, actually Eastern martial art at the time as well, um, and actually st sits at the fringes of both HEMA and normal martial arts. Uh, so we're going to be discussing that today. As always, any opinions that myself and Patrick give today are our own. They do not reflect uh, any associations that either of us have, any memberships, any fellowships, any martial arts associations of any kind, ranked anything. It doesn't matter. They are our opinions, not theirs. Um, they don't reflect the views generally of the Self-Defence and Wellbeing Society at the University or Canterbury Christchurch University itself or the Student Union of Canterbury Christchurch University. Um, the opinions we have are also um, open to change. We may, have, uh, we may have had different opinions yesterday. We may have them again changing tomorrow that is just the nature of being human please deal with that if you um don't like the idea of potential swearing or going on to uh sensitive information anything like that please be aware we will almost definitely swear i know i am almost uh certainly guilty of this and when we get more excited that's just likely to happen in discussion so if this isn't for you please do click off now um otherwise we will go into it but please do be aware of that we don't want to offend anybody so if that's not for you um, I'm pleased, hopefully you can go through some of the back issues of the podcast and find one that is for you. Um, but other than that, we will go straight into it. So, um, Patrick, what, what, uh, firstly, welcome. Thank you Thank for you. being on. Thanks um, for having you're me. You're over in, it's New York, you're in, aren't you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm in upstate New York, not the city, but the, uh, Northern parts near Canada. Right. Okay. So, um, when, when they're a bit, they're a bit uh, nice to each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Less crowded. <laughs> so what um what led you kind of obviously you did Shotokan Karate, which I think is almost a go-to for a lot of people. I think so many yeah. so many teenage boys are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do karate. Which one? It's Shotokan, because it's the only one that exists anywhere. Pretty um, much. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I mean I, I've been lucky. When I've kind of gone into karate, we've there's been actually a choice. Um there's a choice here um where I am at the moment, actually. But um what led you away from Shotokan and then if it's not the same thing, what led you into um, historical European martial arts as well? Well, um, it mainly started with having a bad school. So the teacher, um, she kind of wasn't really uh, authentic in her trainings uh, and she wasn't quite authentic as a dojo instructor. So the school wasn't really uh, the best for me, but I was there for a while and I got to a brown belt before I decided, hey, I, I don't think this is right. I don't feel like I'm really gaining too much of value. Um, so I kind of stopped doing that. Um, and you know, I studied Taekwondo, a little Aikido kind of on my own. Um, but then, uh, a really close family friend of mine, uh, Todd, he did HEMA and he introduced me to HEMA through, uh, uh, one of his instructors, Christian Tobler, um, who owns his own school down in uh, Pennsylvania. And that's kind of where it led me. Um, it was actually the kind of like the fellowship of, of, the people that are doing HEMA that kind of pulled me in. It wasn't really so much, oh, this is cool. I can learn how to swing a sword and everything. It was, hey, I'm building some pretty cool relationships with some, some really nice people. So that's kind of where it took off for me. And that's kind of where I've been with it. So 
Yeah, so I mean, anyone that's wondering, when we say historical um, European martial arts, that covers like 2,000 years. <laughs> so, it does, yeah. Um, it, there's everything from what people, I think, assume, which is um, more of what uh, Patrick's done, which is um, the swords and the shields and that, that kind of... That's what people, I think, see when they think of historical European stuff. Um, unfortunately, has been um, taken over a lot by um, a few racist groups recently, which is very... We'll probably get yep. onto that. Um, yep. But then it also... Yeah, it also goes as far forward as Bartitsu, which is Victorian England. That's not, you know, it's 100 years ago. It's not that long ago. Um, that's actually resurfaced and is, is taught properly now. Um, and then it goes as far back as, you know, Greeks with Pancration, which was the Spartan uh, martial art. Uh, so it's, there's a massive history of it. So it's very strange because when, when people hear Hema usually, I think a lot of people's response is, oh, that's just stuff that doesn't work from, from years ago. And you're like, Right. These guys fought wars. <laughs> I mean, which one? Where? And I mean, did you, do you not think the stuff you do nowadays comes from somewhere? So, exactly. I mean, the one that I find hilarious is boxing. Modern day boxing comes from two mainstreams. That's Mexican boxing and British pugilism. Those are the two that came together to make um, modern day boxing. And British pugilism, um, the, the, the main thing that made it different was in British pugilism, we threw each other. So it was smack you in the face, grab you, throw you to the ground, smack you again. It was street fighting. It's basically what you would yeah. think of now as a fight outside a pub. That's, that's what pugilism was back, back when. That's but you always get people just going to go, oh, yeah, but it, it's, it's, not, it's not effective. And you're like, I don't know if you quite know what you're talking about there. Um, I mean, what's your opinion on when people just kind of go, oh, no, it's, it's nothing? I mean, the, the thing like that is, um, you know, I've actually had some people go, oh, you study like, you know, so it's like, what's that going to bring you uh, today? And it's like, well, it's not just what it brings me. It's, you know, I'm studying what masters did. These people actually trained armies for people on how to fight. You know, in HEMA, there's no modern day master. There's no one that has that title. So everything that we learn is we dissect manuscripts. We're like learning history. There's a lot to it there that people don't really get. And uh, I think uh, the biggest thing for me is I, I really enjoy the, the history behind it and dissecting what these people did and trying to interpret. And uh, again, it's, it's all about building that, that uh, relationship for me with, with the people I fence with. So, yeah, it's, it can be really difficult depending on which kind of field of historical martial arts you want to go into. It can be There's really a few try and do it because um like i say for, for me my my main kind of input in this is is bartitsu but it's a lot easier for people that want to do bartitsu to almost exactly recreate because we know we have the document it's only 100 years mm -hmm. ago and we know which martial arts were joined together because um for those that that wouldn't know bartitsu um is effectively the first mma system it's it, what it is everyone always says it's bruce lee but it's not it's botitsu botitsu is a mix of jiu-jitsu lacan um savat catch wrestling um pugilist boxing and it's all woven together so we know which martial arts we used to create it and we have the documents so the fact that we have both sides of it means we can literally see what they said to do and then go well this is the only practical way of doing it if we're using using those martial arts and some common sense um, so it, it becomes much easier. So when, when you look at something like Bartitsu specifically, um, it, it allows you to kind of go, well, 
it's we, we we're relatively sure we're right i mean you've got people like tony wolf in the us and you've got like um T uh, tommy moore here in the uk who are uh, massive practitioners uh Fartitsu. i say those two names because they're two names that i actually trust because there are a lot of charlatans as there are in a lot of other martial arts um sure. those two are not um i've read both um both of them have brought out books um very technical and they both have experience separately uh tony wolf is far more um from the background of stage combat tommy moore is far more of um grounded martial arts um and things like that so you know tommy moore is someone you expect to see on a, on a, um, a door outside a pub telling you you can't come in it seems <laughs> right for for Bartitsi. um so it, it can be interesting and like you say it, there are no masters i mean even no. with Bartitsu, it only 100 years ago there is no um, and I'm sorry to say this for anybody out there that's um, so happy they've just got a black belt from their school. There are no black belts in Bartitsu. They didn't exist. There was, there was no belting system. That's just a ranking system that the instructor has created to show growth. Yes, exactly. It was, turn up, are you still standing? Well done, you can come back next week. That, <laughs> that, was, that was it. I mean, pe people always use it as a kind of steampunk with um with Bartitsu especially they kind of like the idea of oh well we can dress up like this and oh isn't it good it's it's jolly old fun of, of old school english and you're like just put your fist up yeah and the cuffs. <laughs> kind of go have you ever read on what victorian london was like victorian london that brought us jack the ripper the yeah <laughs> like, right where where you know Guns were actually used in Victorian um, England. There was no restrictions. You know, we had, it, it, there was no, there was, it was, wasn't lawless, but it wasn't exactly the most lawful place. Correct. And, um, you know, it was being attacked from all sides because of um, the, we were still a colonial nation. So we, you know, um, sorry, still an imperialistic nation. So we still had people coming from all sorts that didn't want to be there, that were rebelling. And everyone goes, oh, yes, but it's, it's, it's always known. And I love this because even I've referred to this as the gentleman's martial art. And you kind of go, <laughs> is that just because they were wearing a suit? <laughs> that's, that's why you've said that, isn't it? Because they were wearing a suit and you've gone to gentleman's martial art. And you kind of go, the main weapon for Bartitsu um, practitioners was a ball head cane. And one of the movements effectively was to spin round and crack the person's head open. <laughs> Yes, yeah, straight in the crack. <laughs> you know, that is the end of the fight. Basically, Bartitsu is also, I mean, there are some fun bits. It's the only martial art I've ever come across that teaches you how to defend yourself using a bicycle. <laughs> I have yet to see that. That's interesting. You basically hit them around the head with the bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's, it is literally span up and thrust straight at the person. It is brilliant when you see it, see it. But I think the reason it got this idea of the gentleman's martial art is because the background of it, and we will get on to other stuff, guys. It's just not oh, yeah, yeah. out before I forget it. Um, so it was created by a guy called E. W. Barton Wright, who wrote for Pearson's magazine in in the UK, and that's where the instructional kind of manuals for the system came out. And E. W. Barton Wright had travelled to Japan. He had learnt, you know, he'd actually done this. He'd he'd really done it. He hadn't just kind of gone, you know, it's not like nowadays where somebody watches a YouTube video and calls themselves the self defence expert. Yeah, um, that's that's yeah. Yeah, he actually went and did it and he came back and the, the, when, at the time he was writing for Pearson's magazine, in the same office or the same space writing for Pearson's magazine along with him was Arthur Conan Doyle, the person who created Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. So when Sherlock Holmes was killed off at the Reckonback Falls and then got massive backlash against, well, he can't kill off Sherlock Holmes, 
in the return of Sherlock Holmes, the reason he gives, and they misprinted it, but we know it is the, it's what it is. Um, the reason he gives for being able to defeat Moriarty and the reason he's not dead is Bartitsu. And that is literally written into Sherlock Holmes' character. And I think that's where it got the idea of, well, it, Sherlock Holmes, is a, it's a gentleman. And right. I want to go, have you ever read Sherlock Holmes? Even Sherlock Holmes isn't a gentleman, he's an arsehole. Okay. Yeah, he is. <laughs> It's That's brilliant. why they had Robert Downey Jr. play uh, him in the United States character. And Tony Wolf, Tony Wolf, who I was talking about, was one of the choreographers for that film. That's why That's it's funny. so realistic um, to the, the style of fighting where he hits him and, and how he does it, because it was literally done by a Bartitsu um, practitioner who taught. Exactly. One of the very few movies that you see that actually take practical use uh, uh, skill and uh, apply it to a movie. You don't see that very often. And when you do, you know it. You know it's authentic. Um, Game of Thrones actually did that. They actually had HEMA instructors come on set and teach everyone how to use a sword, how to do different plays, you know, defend. But I don't know how <laughs> authentic it was. That's the thing. There's a, there's a guy here in, uh, he's a London Longsword. I think he's just given up as the main instructor, but he's called David Rawlings. And whenever you see this stuff on YouTube and on like History Channel. Name sounds that, familiar. Yeah, he, the guy that they always bring in of like, and now we have an expert in, it's him. Um, and I've seen him watch episodes of, of uh, Game of Thrones and things like that, and you just see him wince. He's like, well, it, it's entertaining. Yeah. That, that's it. <laughs> there's a few segments where it's like, okay, that looks pretty good. But then there's other things where it's just sloppy, and it's like, okay, this is just for show. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like fighting. You know, when you're, when you're doing um, stage combat, if I'm punching someone, I punch straight, straight down. However, stage combat, nope, you've got to come like have to come around. everything and see. And so obviously there's little things you have to add in because weirdly, realistic fighting doesn't look realistic on camera. It doesn't translate, no. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so has there been one specific area of, um, of hammer? You said sword, but I mean, is there a specific area that you've looked at that you've found best for you? Um. My biggest like focus has been um, sword, shield, like hand and a half sword. Um, I've done some dagger. Dagger work is really, really fun in, in HEMA. There's a lot of really cool uh, hand breaks and uh, ways to disarm um, somebody in HEMA. A lot of cool manuscripts that show some, some interesting things. I'll have to send you some information on that. Um, but really, I think the, the, the most fun for me is in what I have here mainly, uh, mainly for training is swords, um, hand and a half. So, um, but I study, uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to slaughter this guy's name and I'm terribly sorry for it. Uh, Lischenauer. Um, and, uh, I did, uh, do a little bit of Fior, um, study. Um, that's more Italian Hema, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then there is another one I'm having a blank on right now. There's three people that I studied from three masters that I, I, I looked at their manuscripts and tried to understand. There's a lot there though. Um, it, it, it would take me probably 20, 30 years to even really become good at understanding yeah. how these people did what they did um, because they dedicated every single day yeah. to this art, to this craft. I mean, they had to, right? These, they were masters. That's, um, that's, that's, that's who they were. I mean, it's, it was the only thing they were. That's, that's, yeah. That was their life. It's like they, um, you, you see um, pancreation for the Spartans. Of course, they started their training at seven years old and didn't retire from the army until they were 60. Yep. So 
it's and and I mean things like pancreation, uh, similar to sword fighting and any other kind of system of that time period, was the idea that this is what happens um, if you have no other options. This is how to kill them. You know, especially because um, Spartans specifically, you had the shield, you had the the spear, you had the sword. If all of that is lost, and you're on the battlefield, you better know how to kill someone without them. Yep. Um, and the same, or use anything in the area to 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 defend yourself, to attack, to survive. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's basic. It's actually weirdly because this is when people get confused and go, "Oh, well, it's you know, it's not used." But you can go, "Well." I mean, that's basic self-defense. If someone's got a knife and you can't get away, like you can't run, you can't no. get away, get something longer and heavier and fucking hit them with it. If, I'm in, a bar, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm in a bar and someone um, has a knife and I can't get out of the way, the likelihood is there's a pork you somewhere. Thank you. You know, a, why? there's a weird idea that we have around, and I, I blame, and I've done this in so many of my... Um, of other podcasts is I blame films like um, the, the Born um, Supremacy, Born Ultimate, all them, because yeah. it's bollocks. Fights do not last, actual fights, actual kind of when you have to defend yourself, do not last 10, 20 minutes. They last 10 sure. to 30 seconds. Sure. If you think about old school when you've got a dagger or a, or a sword, it's bang, 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 right, you're dead. That's it. There's, yep. no, there's no, oh, back and forth. Yes, that's very nice. Now we'll get, oh, yes, now we'll go, oh, there are nice points there. Fuck off! It's yeah, it works <laughs> exactly. The the even in the manuscripts themselves, it, they literally say like, your goal is if you don't kill somebody in the first one or two hits, then you're probably going to die next. Yes. Um, so it's it's all about you know again learning the mechanics of the system to be able to be smarter and better than your opponent, right? So if they're coming at you just bullish and they're just swinging, you know that they're just one two done. Um. Yeah, you know, it is it is like that. I mean, it's I've always said to um to my students uh for, for self defense in that if you if you it's I, I got this from an old um grandmaster literally their title um when I was doing judo who was um, a little old guy from uh, Japan he was like an eighth dan it was you know what, so if anyone doesn't know um in judo especially you get to seven dan seventh dan through practice and and skill after that it is honor basically right you've been around for long enough that they go well you should have higher so he is an eighth down is you know they stop at 10 so um Jeez. he came over here he came over to the uk because my old sensei was a um like he was a representative of a japanese house so very you know and he asked us um, what is the best thing to do um in in a fight what's the best move and of course you know as kids you know we were like oh well it's it's this and ipon sinagi or whatever, whatever it was and he in um very kind of broken english but just went no you hit them as hard as you can in the face if they get back up you run <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was so obvious you know if you if you put everything behind something and you're saying with the swords you know you've gone to to try and kill them and they're still coming you're fucked uh-huh in high school i got punched in the face because somebody i got bullied a lot when i was in high school but um somebody literally just did not like me and they they swung as hard as they could they hit me in the face my glasses got knocked off i turned like this and then they ran i'm like oh why are they running <laughs> like you know it's funny it's like uh, okay well he's not gonna fall down with the hardest punch i can give you so if that's not gonna happen what's gonna take you down <laughs> Let's get out of here. We're not yeah, going to last. 
I had, I remember when I moved, because I moved around the UK quite a lot when I was younger. And the funny thing, because I started, um, I started doing martial arts when I was four years old. So my first grading was in judo. Started early. Yeah. So I, 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 so yes, any, any of the younger people out there, yes, when your parents were probably freaking born, I was when I started. Um, so I started in 19, that was my first grading. So I spent the most of my younger life being thrown on my back or my side. And so I built it up. And then when I moved to the Midlands here, um, it'd be the equivalent of say the Midwest in America. Um, yeah. I tried to have some bullies because I was a new kid tried to bully me and I had one hit me as hard as they could on my back. Of course, I was used to being thrown on my back my and I just looked around and you saw their face of like, okay, I, I, yeah, sorry, man, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah just walked <laughs> I, was, I was there just thinking, if you'd hit me in the face, I'd have probably gone down, but you sure. hit me on my back. <laughs> so, one place that you have no idea that's the strongest on yeah, me, exactly. thank you. <laughs> idiot <laughs> it is so fun i mean hema is so sprawling do you, do you ever kind of do you ever worry because obviously you say this is some documents and like i said there's a difference between say um the kind of the sword fighting and then something like Bartitsu in that yeah the, the evidence and the the documentation we have is far more for Bartitsu. do you ever worry that it's that something has been lost that you're not yeah, it's kind of it's the torment of Tantalus. You can never quite get to it. I mean, even if you have everything there, I mean, we're talking like these manuscripts are like from the 13th, 14th century. Right. So um, just in the translation, there's probably so much that's lost to us because we don't really understand because to us, it's in words. It's like, you know, um, it's in that 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 tongue from back then i can't even you know write or speak like that but it you know it tells you how to do it but they have pictures that go from one part to the another and you have to figure out what's in between yeah. and i'll tell you right now in hema communities there's always these huge arguments over who's right and who's wrong like no no this is how it's done because here this person places his foot and then then the object comes like this and you know there's all these Nobody really knows, and I think that's the biggest thing that we lose is that that translation. Like we don't understand that. You know, it's a dialect. It's a it's a time far long ago that we'll never get back. That we'll never be able to speak to these people and go, all right, well, what did you really mean? Yeah, it can be. I mean, even even now, I think that can happen. I mean, I was doing one of these podcasts a few weeks ago with. Um, uh, Anthony, who you may know from, so anyone that's wondering, I know um, Patrick from Twitch, um, yep. and it was um, with Rain Muay Thai um, from, from Twitch, uh, who is an assistant Muay Thai instructor over in California. Oh, and um, we, were, we were chatting and going back and forth, and we actually stopped ourselves at one point, realizing that we knew what each other was on about, because we had similar experience. But actually anybody who was watching this may be going, what what do they mean what what sure. you know and and we, i do this with my students i'll say something and a senior student might understand and be like oh it, it, yeah he, he means he means do it this way you know because i have a i have a thing for instance when i'm doing wrist locks of saying fall asleep and i it's something so simple and to me makes sense and to my senior students and to others makes sense anybody new is just going what the fuck do you mean fall asleep i'm not tired <laughs> yeah and it's just because, because and i mean it, it's to me, the, the basic reason is because if you go kind of floppy and you just fall asleep, you're not using strength. And that's right. my way of describing it. But of course, you now take that back six or 700 years and their way of saying something very simple. And then you try and translate it and then you get, exactly. it can be a nightmare. Um, right. 
And I mean, there are there is uh, there is still discussion in things like Bartitsu because obviously, you know, I've had my fair share of um, of politics in it. Um, I've come away from Bartitsu now because of that, because um, I, I had enough of that, and so I've moved up more towards the plain self defence rather than that. But uh, I think yeah. people underestimate a lot of. Um, what we know and what we learn from from Hemmer as well. So even with the with the swords, is you know there's a progression of fencing, for instance. And there is. Where do people think it came from? It didn't just appear in like 1920. It was there beforehand. You know, exactly. it's, it's a progression. There's a start to something everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, without um, these, you know, these masters at the beginning, there would be no next step. There would be no modern version. You know, as we said about boxing uh, at the beginning, boxing comes from two different variations of what we think of boxing. And the same with swordplay. You've got um, Lacan, you've got Irish stick fighting, you've got um, Italian knife fighting that all come together to form some variations. And right. they, they become a bit like... Um, in chess, you have individual grandmasters that have a certain movement or a certain flourish. And it's the same kind of thing with martial arts. You have, because it's come from an Italian variant or an Irish variant or a French variant, that yeah. it's now this movement is this. And people just go, oh, yeah, well, that's just part of fencing. You go, no, no, that comes from when they were actually fighting with those weapons. Right. How many things are blended together now, though, between styles? How many, how many... How many styles of, oh, I can take this and add it to this style. And I, I think I could be, you know, I think that would be beneficial to the art, right? Yeah. How, but my question is, though, from like my understanding of HEMA, we haven't really progressed as an art. We've actually degressed because we're trying to relearn everything that they know. Yeah. So is that the same in other martial arts? I mean, I know if there, there are some that you do progress and that do evolve into a next stage, but there are some that the original people that did it, they're not here. So we're taking everything from just paper and, and trying to relearn it. So I think some arts actually are, they took a hit in, in their evolving nature, I guess, is a good way of putting it. Yeah, and I mean, it's a discussion as well of whether it should be. I, I know in Bartitsa especially, yeah. it, was, it was absolutely, when I was in that community, it was a discussion of, well, yeah, but this isn't exactly how it would be. And you kind of go, well, yes, we know what it would be, but now that's not, that wouldn't work because the way somebody attacks you now, the way they might have something. Would, somebody has a gun now versus having a sword and a full suit of armor. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, you know, back in the days of um, Bartitsu, everyone had a cane or a, you know, something like that. Yes. Now, no one has canes. don't have that weapon. That's no. out of it. That's why I, when I did it, I, I concentrated far more on the hand-to-hand -hand side of it because... Yep. I don't, I walk Always. around with a rucksack, not a cane. So, so it's, it's, and you do get into those discussions and it can be quite heated sometimes because people go, well, it's not the same. Why, why, why do you think you can, you're allowed to change it? You can go, in, especially in something like Bartitsu, E.W. Barton Wright literally changed that system every single year. Yeah. yeah because what he'd do is he got everyone from, when he travelled, he got all of his instructors, brought them to the UK in Soho, in London. Uh, he had the Bartitsu Academy in Soho. And what he used to do was send them out to fight people. He literally said, go across the country. If there's people doing, you know, carnival um, wrestling, if there's people doing open boxing matches, go and fight them. If you lose figure out what they did. And right. very rarely did his guys lose because they'd mixed together so many systems. But then when they did, yeah. suddenly we're taking that system. Now we really can't, you know, bit by bit, they took things on. Yeah. 
you're building something to encompass every possible style or even weakness in the system, right? Mm. You're, you're telling your, your, your students, go out, learn something. If you lose, there's obviously something that either the system can't teach you that you can learn from, mm. or, um, I don't know, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, we get it nowadays as well when a lot of people with with martial arts just kind of go oh yes but we can't change that you know when you ask an instructor and this irritates me with some instructors when you ask them yeah but would this work there and they go oh would you you just got to believe me no 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 show me because if it's not work then i want to be shown or i want to learn how it does and a lot of my students get confused that i always say if you can take me down brilliant tell me how if that's repeatable if that wasn't just me being an idiot and being cocky at the time if that was right. repeatable tell me how the fuck you just did it because i spent the past 30 years trying to make that not happen exactly so, tell me how you did it because and that's yes yes because people need to learn right you want to grow as a student you're not just there to just take and go and kick people's asses that's not the point like of a martial arts or self-defense even it's supposed to protect yourself and exactly what you said is if you can't figure out um, how you got beat, if you have something in the system that is uh, uh, constantly being uh, exposed because you can't, you know, you're not good at it or you don't, that art doesn't teach you how to defend against it. You want to make something that fits in that piece that can help solidify your skill as a martial artist or in self-defense. Yeah, exactly. And it's this idea of just going, oh, yes, but it's just the way I've been taught. Great. And I've been taught it as well, but I then did something else. I've trained in so many martial arts because I tend to do two or three at once and I've moved them together. And I have to say the, um, I I did a, when I did a boxing match a few years ago for charity and it took all of my effort and I messed this up because I took all of my effort not to just kick him because I was there going, he punches harder than me. I can just take his legs. And then having to remind myself in a split second, no, you can't do that, Adam. That's not acceptable in this fight. Um, so you have to pull back. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, that was a really funny fight because I found out afterwards that he turned semi-pro. I was like, oh, fucking brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So you're going against a semi-pro fighter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, this is, this, and at the time, I'd never fought in boxing before. I knew not. I'd done a lot of martial arts, but I'd never dealt with straight, straight boxing. And I was there going, uh, well, great. <laughs> I, I literally had my my nickname for the fight was um was um not not the face so I was quite happy. Gonna <laughs> <Not the> <laughs> <laughs> get past on the look somehow. I mean, it's when everything else dries up. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting because people always have that opinion of you know we, we don't learn; it's just there. And I think that's why Hema gets that bad rep because it's this idea that. It happened a long time ago, so you can't, you can't learn anything from it. Can't le- yeah. And it's just nonsensical. Like I say, so many things, fencing um, nowadays, modern day boxing, um, rest- wrestling. I mean, pancration and catch wrestling, things like that. I mean, catch wrestling is a lot newer, but it's still an older form. Um, they're the reason we have any form of Olympic wrestling or anything now. I mean, the best one is, um, I always forget his name. Oh God, he was a he was a UFC fighter. He was a um, from the Netherlands. He was also um, a door a doorman as well, and um, he oh, he's, he's been in some films as well. It's really going to annoy me. But he um, he was a catch wrestler, and of course UFC is is it uh, Alistair? No, no, he's a bald guy, big, muscly. God, I can't remember his name. 
He's really well known when you when you think about. It. He was a heavyweight um, division. Um, but when when you um, when you look at the UFC, so many people, especially at the time he was in, were Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. And so yep. when he went forward, and his background was he was a catch wrestler because he's from Northern Europe. Northern Europe still has catch wrestling a lot more. And so we well, can't do catch wrestling here. That's old school. It's not going to work. It's not, there's nothing there. He came in and destroyed. Yep. It's because nobody studied it. Nobody took it seriously enough to understand that it could be useful. Yeah. And that's the thing. People just, they just slide it off their show. They don't want it. They don't want, because it's not beneficial, right? Everything can teach you something in life. Even if it's a martial art or self-defense, anything, you can take something, uh, something from it and grow from it and better oh, yeah. yourself from it. It's, it's, was it Paulo Bohr, the Dutch Brazilian? No, I will figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to find him. Yeah, it's. I mean, he was. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure he was Dutch. Um, Baz Rutten. There he is. Yeah. Baz Rutten. Yeah. So Baz Rutten was um, a catch wrestler, and he, he's, he's always known as really a really nice guy and everything like that. And he liked some other things, but he was a catch wrestler. That that was his main thing. He was catch wrestling, and no one knew what the hell had hit him because everyone was going, "No, we've got to do UFC." <laughs> uh, so we've got to do we've got to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in UFC. That's how it works. Now, there's. I have my issues with with that anyway right. um, even the very first one where we have you know superfoot bill superfoot who actually says it was rigged um this yeah. is an undisputed um the, the the literal undisputed um never lost you know so many an O karate champion who literally went no it was rigged but anyway um but so everyone went on this idea of brazilian jiu-jitsu and oh it's this and this this and this and Basra just went no i'm just gonna pound you into the fucking ground ground yeah i know how to use my body you're trying this stuff that doesn't work against catch wrestling and like you say people see it as the past and they're just gonna go nah past can't teach me anything it's the past it's like well no but the past gave you something now along the line Somebody yeah. may have seen something and gone. I mean, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is is um, comes from Japanese jiu-jitsu. So along the line, someone's gone. Well, we'll take this bit from it. So someone has taken from it and then ignored the other side. And they've got people who like Carlson Gracie, who actually has still managed to get away with calling this Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I find amusing. Has basically gone backwards and started to add more stand-up and throwing, even though that then becomes Japanese jiu-jitsu again. Not quite, but. Uh, it's, it's more along those lines versus yeah. actually the other style. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's um, expressly called Carlson, Carlson Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and not Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so people, and I mean, uh, the one thing I will say there is actually to Carlson's um, credit, because he saw we've missed something. We, when, we, when we developed this, we missed that, that bit that was, that was there. And he is one of those actual real fighters that has gone, no, the past can teach us something. Absolutely, but, yeah. You know, I mean, you're saying about the masters. I mean, if you look at Pancration, so another kind of wrestling style, which was the Greeks and the Spartans. I mean, the Spartans are literally known as being the, the, the fucking unstoppable force of the ancient world. You know, yeah, the only they, reason they didn't seem to take over the world is because they didn't want to. That literally seems to be the reason. You know, they, they were 
they weren't an imperialistic nation. I have this discussion with a, a friend of mine all the time about he thinks the Romans are best. And I, I argue this because um, the Romans got some of their ideas from the Spartans. Yes, they did. Um, and also when the Spartans were, were part of the Roman, um, the Roman Empire, they specifically wore a badge to warn people that they were Spartan Romans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is kind of, and they actually kept, they caught, they kept some of the traditions of the Spartans yeah. as, and they saw it as entertainment and the Spartans there just going, no, no, this is just us practicing. I mean, they had a nation that literally knew how to fight just because they were outnumbered by their slaves by 10 to one. And so it was so that they didn't get wiped out. It was that the Spartans were in, in, in insane, but they, they, they had that, that, um, that system. And yet we now go, oh yeah, but that's, you know, it's the past. You're like, the fuck? Look what they did. <laughs> the I mean, the Battle of Thermopylae, not even like, it's, if you ever watch the, um, the 300 film. What, oh, oh yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have, right? What amuses me most about that film is that the, for me, the stuff that seems unbelievable, e.g. the comments and the, the quips, are actually the stuff that's historical fact. <laughs> you know, you know the, the whole, um, then we shall fight them in the shade. Now, it wasn't said between those two people, but it was said, or at least historical evidence suggests it was. The sure. fact that they were against an army that was several times their size. You know, there were 7,000, there were 300 Spartans, or technically 301 if you include um, Leonidas, um, yeah. and there were... 7,000 Greeks altogether, and there were up to anything from 250 to 2 million Persians, Indeed. and they held their ground. Yep. The fuck? And then you go 301 oh, frigging yeah. people, well, humans. 7,000, 7,000. If you include all the Greeks, they're actually 7,000. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. Yep, yeah, correct. Um, but still, the number ratio yeah. there, you're, you're, you're talking like you'd get wiped out. The, I mean, at the lowest estimates, they were outnumbered 30 to one at the lowest estimates. And people then go, oh yeah, but that's old school fighting. That doesn't count now. And you're like, what? What the, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, yeah. in Greece, they've, they've, um, they've adapted to pancreation. You can actually still do it, but, um, but so much of it has been kind of wiped out because for many reasons, one of them being, we can't teach you that. That is how to kill someone. That's exactly. Unlocked. But even to get to any form of um, higher level takes a minimum of 30 years. Holy crap. Because but then again, art, it's the dedication of the art, right? It's a lifetime dedication. Exactly. And like I say, for the Spartans, they started at seven and retired at 60. Mm -hmm. So it, it was literal lifetime. I mean, they weren't even allowed to marry until they were 30. So 23 years of their life was just simply, you fight. What? You know, they, they started fighting... I always loved it because in the film they got this wrong and I, I, I always wonder if it's because they didn't think people would believe it because in the film they have the kids fighting with wooden swords and I'm like no they didn't they fought with Every actual other. swords yeah they died they died that was it it was no one gave a shit <laughs> no. it was, it was I a mean, look what they did if you're if, if a newborn was uh disfigured or anything they believed in perfection of the body that's why these guys were so like pure of everything like they could do what they do yeah and yeah. the one thing I will say as well in the film, when the, the idea that they go bare-chested, they didn't, guys. They had armor. They weren't idiots. No. They had armor. It wasn't Hollywood. Um, 
But these I mean, abs are going to protect me from all these arrows and swords. And I mean, they, they were the, they were, I mean, they, they, from a historical idea, they were the kind of people that do run their mouth, but they always backed it up. I mean, I mean, this could turn into just the Sparta loving. I have a Sparta tattoo, but the, the favorite ones for me was um, if we look at Xerxes, the attack of the Persians, when yep. um, Leonidas, who was actually not in his 30s, like the film suggests, he was actually nearly 60. So he was actually nearly he was older. Um, he was near retirement himself and he did this. When he was asked to lay down his weapons, Molon Labe, come and take them. Is the kind of, is the ancient ancient Greek way of going, come, bring it, <laughs> bring it the fuck on. One off, <laughs> zero fear, zero fear. Yeah. And then if you have somebody with that small of an army look you in the eye and say, bring everything you have. Yeah. What do you do? Like... <laughs> Am I, is he bluffing? Does he have like some secret weapon coming? Like, does he have like a thousand, ten thousand, twenty more thousand like people coming like behind yeah. us? Like, no, no, these guys were just built that way. They were yeah. born into it. That's that's that was their life. Oh yeah, it's actually a trick for for self defense now that I that I teach is um is a psychology thing. And I, I I said this in the podcast with um, it is Anthony of if you ha if you say stuff with that just completely screws with ju juxtaposition of someone's opinion they don't know what to do because we're brought up to look at how um, somebody should respond. You know, if you're in a, if you're in a bar and you're in a pub, somebody gets up and, oh, fuck it, and they start taking their jacket off and you, which I taught my friend to do, stand up very slowly, very gently. And I don't want to ruin this. They literally <laughs> just look at you and go, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Not even phased by, yeah. by aggression? No, why would I be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's, there's so many, I mean, the best one is the, um, I don't know if you saw it, but it was the Darren Brown one. So Darren Brown, for anyone that doesn't know, he's a British mentalist. Uh, so basically he, um, he does tricks. I mean, it's the way he says it himself. He, he, he says, you know, I'm just, I just do tricks. And, you know, he's the kind of person that he does these. He, the great thing is I love about him is he does TV shows and then he, tell, he shows you at the end of the show the outtakes of when his stuff didn't work, which I find hilarious. <laughs> but he's the kind of person who, in his shows, has gone up to people and asked for their wallet and their car keys and they've just given them to him because of the something in how said it. And it triggers him. I'm yeah, being robbed. He, he was in, um, he was in the, magic, uh, the Magic Circle. He'd just been admitted into the Magic Circle and he was in a bright um, purple suit. Um, and he just like sat in suit. He just stepped out from the magic circle, and there was a, a man and woman arguing. And obviously, they uh, he the woman walked off, and the guy saw Darren Brown. And from Darren Brown's um, way of talking about it, basically, this guy just started on him, and he didn't know what to do. And he just used mentalism, and he just said the most random phrase, which was the the fence outside my house isn't eight foot tall. And he said the guy's response was just, <clears throat> and it just is almost as if everything had just kind of gone out of the guy because he couldn't be aggressive because he was too goddamn confused exactly it's like wait what the hell is going on <laughs> and he said, what he, reality do i live in right now what is this guy on <laughs> he just sat there for like an hour talking to this guy and finding out that like his his um his girlfriend had just cheated on him or something and he ended up just in a discussion with this guy because he completely threw him off so like you say with the spartans it's almost, it means almost to the credit of the Persians to have the balls to carry on, which sounds weird because when you have an army that big, you'd think, well, of course you carry on. But if somebody says something like that, in the modern day anyway, you'd be like, um, maybe this was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to risk it. Like, go for it if you want to do it. And that's what the Persians did, right? They said, let's yeah. go in here and this is no problem. This yeah, small I mean, little army. And they 
Yeah. They finally got there, but after a day or two, yeah, no. I would love to have been in their heads after a day or two of just what they must have thought. Being yeah. just going, what is going on? This, this literally can't happen. We they, out- they got decimated. They got destroyed. I mean, the great thing is, is that the, the battle after that, which was 30,000 um, Greeks, again, led by the Spartans because it was there basically re- avenging their king. And yep. again, a million or so Persians. And the Greeks just ran straight fucking through the Persians as a kind of, <laughs> oh, you thought you saw what 7,000 of us t- could do. Oh, with, my God. Set with 300 Spartans. And then they came back and went, now let's show you what we do with 30,000 Greeks. 10,000 of them are Spartans. Yeah. And they just fucking destroyed them. They utterly decimated them because that was the, it didn't matter that they were outnumbered now. It was like, oh, now we have permission to be here. Now we are really yes. bringing our armies. You gave a reason for us to want to come in and take <laughs> exactly. you over. <laughs> Yeah, before we were just kind of playing, we were playing. Our king wanted to go for a fight and that happened. Now you've pissed us off. And it was that, like I say, it was, it's the weird thing of the, um, the Spartans seem to be the only um, army in the world that had the ability to be imperialistic and not actually do it. Um, right. It's very strange. Uh, yeah, given the nature of their, their, I mean, their history, right? You're born to fight. So naturally that's aggressive. You're, you're naturally, so somebody comes up to you and talks a little bit of smack, you're going to be like, let's go. I'm going to fight you. Let's go. They did not do that as much as you would think they would. Yeah. I mean, my favorite little tidbit of it is um, between uh, Philip of Macedon and Alexander the Great. So Alexander the Great, the guy that never lost a fight. However, when he took charge of Greece, when he basically conquered Greece, he only kind of did because whenever you ever find any... Um, reference to it, it's always mentioned as Greece and the People's Independent Republic of Sparta. Even Alexander the Great just went, no, nah, we're leaving them fuckers alone. Yeah. <laughs> he, he technically was in charge. He technically ruled all of Greece, but still didn't touch them. Then there's Sparta. And I think the main reason is, is because Philip of Macedon obviously was Alexander the Great's father. And there's, um, two, right. there's two times when Philip of Macedon tried to take them on one of them was he sent a um, a message saying uh it's when he was fighting all of greece and just said if i'm if i make it to your land i will raise your cities to the ground i will um kill you all rape your women and leave and you will never rise again and the right. spartans left uh, sorry the spartans left a messenger back with a one-word answer if and you know it's it just it's brilliant. Just one word. Oh, you can threaten an entire city to burn them down. But if oh. you're getting one word response back from an entire. Yeah, there was a follow up. Philip Macedon. Was it? The, no, I think before that, actually, sorry, before that, had actually sent messengers. Um, I think this is why that response came, because he'd sent messengers prior when everything had kicked off saying, um, when we when we ride to Sparta, shall we come as. Uh, friends or as enemies and the Spartans just went neither <laughs> it's just like if you basically if you have the balls to come anywhere near us <laughs> and, and that is the that is the ancient world so I always love it when we talk about HEMA yeah. and we talk about all of that and people are just gonna go yeah but it's not as rough and tough as nowadays you're going we're soft as fuck oh my god we're squishy these days I'm squishy <laughs> yeah if I was put in a Spartan civilization I would die in a week I'm not even <laughs> kidding because they just, they didn't give a shit. You either could make it or you couldn't. And, and the belief that, you know, every one of them 
every soldier had to be pretty much the same. Like, if you think about it, right, that's why they were so good. Each and every single one of them were like identical in nature. And I don't know. I don't know. I would love to live a day in, in ancient times. Oh, yeah. I mean, even civilization wise, um, yeah. we always look at um, Athens as being the cradle of proper democracy and all that. Sure. We always forget about the fact that, yes, there was a king of Sparta. There were two. There was one who was a um, fighting king, Leonidas, for instance, and then there was a domestic king. There were two. And the reason there was two is to, one of them to keep the other honest. As well as that, there was a council. Yes. And the council was elected, and that was to keep the kings honest. And because of the fact that the men were never there and from the age of seven till 60, yeah. the women were in charge, effectively, of Sparta. And there was compulsory education for women, which included how to kick the shit out of men. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when people go, oh, yes, but, you know, they were, they were just fighters, and you get there going, have you ever read anything because no, yeah exactly Athens, women had no say nothing they had nothing you know it was no you're you know that. whereas if you go to i mean there's the great line of when a a an athenian athenian woman went to sparta and um asked a, a spartan woman how is it that you have such power over over men and it was um, the response was because we are the only ones to give birth to real men and it was you know <sighs> Every response is just kick ass as the men, you know, and it's quite funny to see that in an ancient world. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're tangenting, but that's the point of podcasts. It's fine. No, it's good. The ancient world. Hema is, 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 um, is history. So, you know, we get there, but it's, it is interesting when you get into it because you kind of go, well, you know, the societies and the culture and everything is where this stuff came from. And like I say, with Pancration, which has now been brought back, it's, it comes out of that, culture it came out of a culture of you must be able to basically kill your opponent on a battlefield where there are thousands of people around you and you have no weapon so that's why yeah. we have systems like that and that's why when people go oh yeah but we learning pancreation now wouldn't do anything really well the thing is though like you can't learn everything from the past because you know there are laws these days so if like you know you can't stuff they say in self-defense like never use this against anyone that would you know actually kill them because you're going to go to jail so i think that's probably the where a lot of people get that from is like oh you can't use that stuff in in, in this time it's not going to work here because you know there's consequences in some fashion depending on the country i mean the u.s actually seems to be harsher on self-defense like self-defense doesn't seem to be in a um yeah, a yeah. reason for you guys you where can't even punch somebody without getting in trouble yeah, in, in the UK, self-defense is defendable in court, even as a preemptive measure. Yeah, if there's enough evidence to prove it in a, a, a court, then you're fine here. But your, your, um, your definition over there is uh, different to us. Uh, so we have a definition that basically means it's reasonable force, which I think is the same version of America. But reasonable force to us means the decision is entirely in the hands of the person who was... Um, defending themselves. So if I went and defended myself tomorrow, um, to, today, tomorrow, and I used lethal force, it was my judgment. And that is what is reasonable. What I thought was reasonable is what yeah. was effectively. See, in the United States, it, they don't care what you think. All right. They yeah. look at just what happened. You yeah. killed the man. You're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which, but the guy came after me with a knife and a gun. What do you want me to do? Just let him stab me and shoot me? 
the, the, uh, don't care. You're going to jail. Oh yeah, the best one. Oh, I, you killed him. You killed the murderer. Oh <laughs> god, yeah. It's like um, the, the, the Self Defense Federation over here. The Self Defense Federation and All Stars Martial Arts Association. When they talk about it, they tend to. Um, their description is if a twenty stone guy is attacking a, a nine stone, you know, small girl, and she stabs him in the neck with a stiletto, and he dies. That's reasonable force. If a nine stone girl is attacking a 20 stone man and he stabs her in the neck with a stiletto, that is not reasonable force because he could have just gone, no. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of the definition difference. So you can yeah. look at the facts, but at the same time, it's, you know, it, it's, it's very different over here. And there have been cases- 100%. In it's, the United States is a weird place. It's our judges, you know, one will judge it this way, one will rule it this way. And it's just, it's chaos over here right now. It's not even good. Yeah. Our, our law and legal system is definitely corrupt and it's broken. The fact that you have different laws in, in every state is a, a bit of a feck up. I it's, think, but. it's confusing because you can't go to a different state and you get pulled over. Well, this is different in this state. Um, yeah, but I don't live here. So why are you giving me a ticket for something that's very, very basic? Oh, my favorite one, if a doctor's struck off, they can just go to the next state and practice. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> you get struck off in the UK, you're struck off in every country of the UK. Yeah. <laughs> you are no longer a practicing doctor. Actually, you're struck off across Europe. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Usually they'll get their uh, licenses removed and revoked, but they can get them back and they can they could do other practices. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, we, we, we can put it there. But yes, it's, it is weird. Um, it's... It is very strange that we have, and obviously we can't train quite the same because we, right. we do value our own safety now. And we aren't in the times of medieval um, France where swords and archers were just, you know, you get hurt, you, you get sepsis, it doesn't matter. We're not, in the, <laughs> we're not in ancient Greece where it's, you know, uh, we just break their neck, it's fine. They lost the fight, they should be killed anyway. It's, we're not in that time period. Yeah, well, didn't uh, Canada just reinstate duels again? <laughs> That's it. Oh, I, I, I'm being dead. I believe that Canada has uh, legally allowed for duels to be. Uh, I gotta find it. Give me a sec. Give me oh, a sec. so many people that could just be dealt with so easily. We could get rid of Trump that way. I mean, just slap him with a with a, a glove across the face. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, in 2017 they announced it. Uh, it's been nearly two centuries since the last related death occurred in Canada in 1833. Um, but they're allowing it. I don't know. They don't really say when the law is going into effect, but oh, the specifics to it. I mean, maybe, maybe it's, um, it's more of a kind of you friendly duel. Well, it's, it's like, it's a duel, but actually it's an MMA match or something, you know, it's, it's, it's regulated potential. Sure. Which, if I mean, you lose, you lose all of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's, it, there's, there's the saying always of, um, you know, some of you guys have spent, uh, have um, never been smacked in the face and it shows. I think that yeah. can be solved with that. If you like, you get all the trolls online, you just kind of go, okay, fine. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hands down. Uh, I think that's needed. I think a little bit more, uh, I don't know. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Some people just need to be shown respect in, because they don't have any. They, they're, again, keyboard warriors online. It's so easy to be toxic to somebody. They don't understand, but you meet them face to face and you know, you stand up to them and they just kind of pip up. Yeah, I mean, it's, so when, I, when I did a previous podcast on Max Roscoff, that, um, that, and I've probably said his name wrong again, like for the 50th time, but when he, <laughs> he quit in the, I think it was the, the first or second round of his match in the UFC, his debut, um, the amount of keyboard warriors that came out, well, I would have carried on, I'd have done this. And you're like, 
No, you wouldn't, because you wouldn't have stepped in the match. No. You would literally, you would not have even gone near them. And the thing is that if you have at least stepped on the mat, you've gone into the ring, you've gone into the altar. If you've done one of those things, I will give you a second, because at yeah. least I know that you have some understanding. But until you've been there and you would do it, don't tell me that you could just, oh, I can just do this, oh, that. The amount of times I have Arrogance. To, oh, yeah, but this doesn't, that doesn't work. Really, try and hit me then. Because, you know, <laughs> there's a difference between, oh, I know it doesn't work. Why do you know it doesn't work? Because you saw a YouTube clip for two minutes that says it doesn't work, as opposed to 30 plus years of actual real life experience. Yeah. And again, <laughs> uh, everything in YouTube are just opinions, right? Most of the time. N not a lot of them are really... Yeah. You know, it's somebody trying to understand something and they give their opinion and somebody takes that rolls with it and it becomes a thing for them. And, you know, it's the worst one I've ever seen was someone that said that the best way to defend yourself against a knife was to take a mercy cut and, and basically to grab the actual blade, not the, not the, 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 butt, the actual blade. The blade and try to pull it away from them. Yep. <laughs> I've seen that in movies. Hello. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you just there going, and then, unfortunately, this is where, and, and this is, I think, this attitude is where the idea against Hema comes from as well, because they see this. I think they see a lot of it as LARPing. I think that's that's definitely something that we should say about. You know how many people have said, "Oh, you like to LARP?" No, yeah. this is yes, LARPing is a thing. It's more of a, a a creative thing that people like to do. You know, it's pads and fun. That, but give them an actual sword and see how they do. Yeah. Right, yeah. like. There's a huge difference. It's a different world. So for anyone that doesn't know, um, LARPing is live action role play. It's yep. when you do, when you have um, recre recreations of stuff, you know, on the Sunday afternoon when somebody's gone out with the swords and the shields and they're just recreating a battle. It's fun, you know, nothing against people do it. It's, it's basically yeah. acting in a-, in a to Some people role play it. They have characters, they have levels, they have spells, oh, yeah. they have history. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of neat. It's a cool thing, but- um, but then you've got people who actually do it. Um, yeah. and the, the thing is, it, it works both ways. If, if I gave an Olympian fencer um, a, a longsword and just went, right, you've got to go and do that. They wouldn't know what they were doing in the same way that if I gave yeah. a, LARPing per, a, a LARPing person a, um, a, a proper sword and just went, now go and do this in a, in a club. Right. What, 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 what do you mean? Can you, you know, imagine somebody skilled at HEMA going into a LARPing thing and just <laughs> slaughtering everybody? <laughs> just tick, tick, tick. Now, <laughs> this, is, this is one because of, of the LARPing, and I think this is probably where this, this came from. Have you seen the Russian way of doing it? No. And part of me, I'm not going to lie, part of me really wants to do this, but I also value my limbs. So <laughs> what they've done is they have mixed together old school, medieval, like knighthood, and, and fighting like that. So full, like, stuff like that. Full. I've fought in full armor before. It is not yeah. easy. They have mixed it with MMA. Okay. All right. <laughs> so they take people down, they fight. It's a Royal Rumble and includes swords and shields and this everything. Awesome. I want to do it. I'm down. <laughs> exactly. You're there kind of going, oh, I want to do that. And then you see them fight and go, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's like real. Yeah, I think that's the difference. And actually, like I say, that's the LARPing side is when, when I think people that would say, oh, you're just LARPing and you kind of go, okay, well, the nearest we have to modern day versions of this is this Russian thing. Do they look like they're LARPing? <laughs> because they they're look like they want to take people's heads off. Like, yeah. it's incredible. And it, it, yeah, I mean, we have actually at the university here, we have a, um, we have a medieval combat um, society. And I think the confusion can come here because 
and I've asked this question to them. I actually asked it to the person because I think their president this year is actually has been a student of mine. And I asked, what are you? Are you LARPing? Are you learning? And they didn't know. They, yeah. they, they, they just, they were like, well, we just turn up and do stuff. They didn't, re they didn't have, um, there's not really no structure to it. It's just yeah, kind no, of they like, have, they have no instructor. They have no actual swordsman. Um, they, they kind of, it's, which I mean, it's not the worst thing if they're learning and they're, they're just doing it as a development group or something like that, which I think, yeah. that's, especially for like, that's happened for Bartitsa where people have a, a development group, you know, they're learning together. We, we, we're doing it as a, as that we're not saying that anybody's in charge we're just doing it together but they don't see or they didn't anyway this was a couple of years ago they didn't seem to know whether they were laughing or whether they were doing anything else which is worrying because i think that's where a lot of the issues come from is people just go it's all the same and you, it's really not it's a slight difference <laughs> <laughs> yes yes quite you know we're, we're not fighting ancient um sorcerers in in dragon and dragons we're no. actually you know much as some of us may i mean fuck it i've never done uh, done um that kind of um hammer but you tell me as a, a medieval i might do it um <laughs> that's but it, you know we, we're talking about real sourcemanship and that's why i say david rawlings who is um uh or was anyway london longsword um yep. if anyone wants to do um actual actual hammer in the uk um patrick can tell you about the ones in america but in the uk london law longsword is the guy there david rawlings who was um at least if he's not there anyway he was the chief instructor if you ever see anything on the history channel if you've ever seen a discovery um on things that, that that talk about um you know how people have been trained anything like that he is the man you know those yeah. ones that buzzfeed do and oh we've got this mobster oh we've got this expert at that's David Rawlings. It's, he is the guy. Um, yeah. And London Longsword, they also started um, a movement that I'm part of as well called Fighters Against Racism um, so far. And um, yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a great place. If you want to learn how to actually do it, where you're in a lot of garb, you're in a lot, you know, it'd take you an hour to get ready. Um, that, that's, that's where you want to go. And I know- I that, have a bunch of garb, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some great ones. Um, George uh, Zakharopoulos in uh, Greece is a recognized- Sounds. Oh wait, wait. Who? George Zakharopoulos. Okay. He he looks like um he looks like a a um a kind of an old school swordsman. Big beards. Yeah. He, he looks the part. Um, he's over in Greece. I couldn't tell you exactly where, but he is also um incredibly good. If you're ever over in Greece and you can look um um George up, uh, or I'm sure it's it's George. I don't know how it's said. Like Jorge or <laughs> yeah. So, but Zacharopoulos, um, which is quite funny that that bit I can say and I can't say George. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's also great. And like Patrick was saying, there's some great people in America as well. Yeah. Um, but it's just finding it's just finding the right people because so much of this gets lost and you get the wrong person. Like you were saying at the beginning, you had this yeah. with with your karate with you know a modern well, say modern but you know a, a normal martial art one that is readily accepted especially shotokan karate which is the one that is taught in the western world shotokan is the one very yeah. few people look at goji ryu or um kokushinkai because people don't even know they exist they just go we don't even have those around here period <laughs> we have shotokan we have taekwondo uh, we did have an aikido we do have like a kickboxing area around us but that's it. There's really nothing much more around here than that. I took a ninjutsu class for like two weeks, but that was that was not very good. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Ninjutsu, yes. Um, ninjas who 
never were really actually that good of fighters in the first place. Yeah, I, I, I really took nothing from it. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're quite, we're lucky and unlucky where I am because we have wow. everything from, well, we have everything from complete charlatans who created their own organization to give themselves their grades. Right. And didn't yeah. think anybody would fucking notice. I'm looking at you, the person in Folkestone. Um, um, that does Aikido, we can narrow it down because um, there's the fuck all going to come back on me. I, I, can, I can give you my certificates. Um, th but then we have that all the way up to down the road from me, a guy called Barry Fellon, who is the former world champion in um, uh, Tai Chi and in... Ooh, tai Chi. I've studied a little Tai Chi. Yeah, and swordplay. So the swords, sword... He's also... Um, so the, yeah. the, 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 the Chinese... Um, swords, uh, swords. He's also former world champion of that, and he's British champion, which is amazing if you think about. It. An English guy yeah. is a former world champion, went to China and beat them. So we have everything across yeah. here. So we you're like right in the center of like everything. A lot of good things, right? You know, you have everything around you. You yeah. you have such a uh, a culture like mesh that you have where you can just take arts from different places they're they're everywhere over there uk well, we, has a lot of stuff i mean specifically martial arts as well specifically where i am we have the highest proportion of students per head of population than any other city on earth so of course we get people from all different cultures intermingling and we are not that far from france so if you want to go and do savat you can literally go to france you can get to france quicker than you get to some parts of the uk from where i am so why not you know, go and do Savat. Um, Savat, obviously, as, as well, is um, one of the bases for Bartitsu. And I love Savat because um, those of you that don't know what Savat is, Savat is basically French kickboxing. So those of you that see France as being, you know, they're, they're weak and the French kind of give up on all that kind of stuff. The, they had a few years ago, this was 30-odd years ago, they had the um, current Savat and current Muay Thai champions take on each other. And, of course, everyone had just assumed... Muay Thai's going to kick the hell out of him. The Muay Thai guy oh, yeah. broke both of the Savat guy's arms during the match, and the Savat champion refused to stop and ended up winning the fight. He just plain refused to stop, and he ended up winning the fight because he just kept going. And the kick... How do you do that with broken arms, though? Like, And he, uh, the thing is, is the kicks... For, um, because Muay Thai kicks, although they're very specific to Muay, Muay Thai, you can recognize... Yes. You yeah. Kind of not, whereas Savat kicks, kick in. So, I mean, there's a very st standard kind of groin kick almost, not groin, but like off of the pelvis to yep. break the pelvis. There's a standard move in Savat. You do not see that in any other kicking um, martial art. So, you've got very different kicks. And of course, the Muay Thai guy was there going, What the fuck is this? And so, <laughs> <Ow>! <laughs> yeah. so the Savat guy ended up winning because he just managed to throw stuff that the, I think, my yeah. assumption would be he just threw stuff at the Muay Thai guy, just did not know what to do with it. I mean, when you, it was always kind of obvious that the Muay Thai guy, if he could, if he could really get in there, would break something. The thing, the thing they didn't really um, plan on was that the other guy wouldn't care. <laughs> so <laughs> shit. <laughs> Broken arms. Yeah. And I mean, I, so that's why I always love it when people go, oh, yeah, but the French um, did this in the war. And the French, and I'm like, yeah. Because he fight with the broken arms. arms. So fight him. You know, like, uh, oh. And Savart, like I say, Savart is quite an old, quite an old um, art, really. I mean, it was it's it, 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 it is part of Bartitsu, which is right. a really weird thing as well for, for me for something like Bartitsu is that Jiu-Jitsu and Savart, 
I'm thinking of those specifically, are individually known currently as martial arts. They are accepted. They mm -hmm. are martial arts that have a lot of backing to them and they, you know, people are fine with well, them. Yeah. And they are both part of the Bartitsu martial art and yet Bartitsu, no, that's a, that's Hema. That's, that's not a martial art. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, you, the fundamentals of something are classified as martial arts, but yet the overall aspect of what it is is not classified as a martial art. Exactly. It's what part of that makes sense, people? <laughs> I really, really, I so, and I'm, I've, you know, I, it won't be me because I'm too old for this now, but I would so love someone to step into the octagon one day who is a, who is a Bartitsu expert. I just, ah, oh, I'd love for that day because no one would know what the fuck to do. <laughs> No, because the guy. I mean, for a start, Bartitsu, but is literally that. It's, your fists are in front of you, right? Yeah, like, yeah. your arms are close, and it's yeah. like this. That's and it. When you, when you when you box, you so when you're hitting back, whereas in boxing you you tend to bob and weave. Bartitsu yep. literally tilt the entire body, body and push out sideways, and then hit straight forward, and it turns from here to there. So it's not a turn there; it's literally a turn to there and the flat of the fist will just break the nose. Yep. So anybody, it would be amazing to just see anybody from like boxing or whatever it is in the octagon coming up against a Bartitsu guy, because just the stance alone, if someone doing this, they'd be like, what the fuck? And Whack! Then, <laughs> yeah, suddenly, Jesus Christ, what the hell just happens? Funk. <laughs> I would, right. I would, dead weight. I would, I'd, I'd so look, they, they funnily enough actually had someone, they added it into the WWE. They had two supposedly British wrestlers, and they actually said in the introduction that one of them was a Bartitsu expert. I was like, that is fantastic. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I would love it because it's like you said, like we said with Baz Rutan of having a, an older system, so many people just discount it because it's older. It does. There's yeah. something to learn. There's always something to learn. And this is so anyone wondering, I have trained in ju ju judo, jujitsu, aikido, moito, kendo, bartitsu, uh, you know, so many of the systems that you recognize and you accept. And I am still, and I've trained for longer than most of the people watching this have been alive. And I'm still telling you, <laughs> there is definite, definite benefit from those other systems. I mean, when, when I was, um, I think a lot of it as well comes from the idea that it's instant gratification that we seem to have now. Yeah. And oh, look what I can do. Oh, great. Thanks. Yeah. Huzzah. Congratulations. Now apply it. Yeah. Give someone an afternoon and they can teach you how to do a spinning back kick. Yeah. You know, that, that's all you need. But then go, right, now we want you to learn pancration. We want you to learn uh, specifications in um, medieval longsword. We want you to do, oh, it's going to take you 30 or 40 years. What? No, that can't be real then. That's not how that works. Yeah, people don't understand that there's, there's craft to everything you do. There's a dedication to it. Yeah, it's like I said, uh, I was, again, I was saying to um, Anthony when, I, when we did the podcast was um, I've had students who have been trying to do wrist blocks and stuff with me who just go, but oh, why can't I do this? Why, why is it that I, I should just be able to do this? I'm like, you've been doing this for an hour. I've just taught this to you. What, I have fucked this up. I I was fucking this up before you were born. You're yeah. 18. I have been messing this kind of stuff up or variations of this before your parents even met. So just <laughs> like this idea that it's like, oh, yeah, but I, I should go do it now because I've yeah. watched some Jason Bourne. I've watched um, some <laughs> this. I've, I've, I've seen the 
the self-defense expert on YouTube. Therefore, I am an expert. No, you're not. It just looks flashy. At the end of the day, the only, it's like um, when somebody asked me why I didn't do choreography, um, one of the things I asked was because it wouldn't look right. If you yeah. did the stuff that I did on screen, people wouldn't believe the stuff that I did because it doesn't look what they expected to be. The nearest I could think of that actually, and it's still not right, but the nearest I can think of it actually being reality to a point are the fights in Punisher in the TV yeah. series where he just goes, no, I'm just going to hit you. I'm going to break your legs. I'm going to tie you to a chair and keep breaking your legs. Because that is, that's reality. It just is. You know, you don't, you don't fight for 10 minutes, like we've said, right? You don't, it, fights don't go on for dramatic battles for more, than, for more than, if a fight goes on for more than three minutes, then either you're both really, really strong or you're both really good at defending the other person. Yeah. You know, maybe you want to you just um, to start a conversation with this guy and go train with them rather than fight them. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's something going on. You want to go have a beer and learn how to uh, <laughs> some, some new things because that was a good fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll learn how to defend against that. You learn how to defend against this. It'd be great. Um, it's, it is weird. There is, there is this thing. And, and Hema just gets hit, I think, a lot with the, the side that just says, no, you're not real. And I think it, it, it's... Hema's destroying itself low right now. The community is, is they're, they're crumbling in on each other. Well, the, I, I did say we'd go into this, actually. Um, the racists. Yeah. The fucking racists. And it's, yeah. it's... I don't see it as much in the UK, but I know it's there. I know it's here in the UK as well. But I know I've seen the stuff in, 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 in the US. And it's... People have clearly never picked up a history book. Because yeah. this idea that, you know, there's especially the Viking, the Viking um, Norse stuff is this idea that, um, you know, well, it was all pure, ble pure blood white. Um, so that's how, that's what Hemmer is. It should, it's for the white European. You know, they're going, no. I mean, Vikings alone weren't even a fucking race. The Vikings weren't, <laughs> they, they weren't a race. The Vikings were a community of noblery in a country. They were not a race of people. There yeah. were black Vikings. There were white Vikings. There, it didn't matter. They didn't give a shit. Uh, hello, play the Elder Scrolls online. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, can you pick up an axe and, and kill that person and get all the stuff? You can? Fucking well done. Come with us. You know, there's, I mean, I know, I know I'm being simplistic there, but that is, that is literally it. It's can you fight? And I mean, let's, let's look at the, um, the rules for divorce in in uh, viking because vikings did have um the women could divorce the men and one of the reasons no, none of that was was there ever a question of the person's birth or the person's lineage that was nothing to do with it one of the main reasons they didn't fight or they couldn't fight that's a reason for divorce so the vikings cared and uh, oh and my favorite one which i'm sure a lot of women um, watching will enjoy um if the man could not make uh, the woman be pleasured yeah, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> you, you actually see that a lot in in the uh like shows and tv like yeah <laughs> i always love that, that a lot it's the, the one that gives the power back to the women there but i i you know there was never a question of, oh, well, they're black, so I'm going to divorce them, or I'm not going to be with no, them. No, there was nothing no, like that. Shit. No one cared. It's like when people go, oh, yeah, but Britain has always been white. I'm like, fucking, the first black settlers in the UK were not in the 60s. They were in the 8th fucking century. <laughs> what is the national dish of the UK? I know to, um, to Americans, they think it's fish and chips, but in Britain, and if you're in Britain, you know, it's fucking curry, okay? Curry is our <laughs> national dish. 
So why the hell do we then have this idea of anything else? I mean, bear in mind, we also banned, um, we banned martial, martial arts in the countries that we took over. The UK literally banned them. And it wasn't that we didn't ban them because and the Portuguese did this with Brazil. We didn't ban them because they didn't fucking work, did we? We banned them. Because you didn't want them to learn. Worked. Kelly yeah. Paratu in India. Kelly Paratu is insane as a martial art. You get people that are practicing it nowadays and do choreography moves with swords and shields and still get their heads cut open. You know, but yeah, the racists have just taken hold and they're using old runestones that one, they don't know how to read and don't understand. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's the, the, the one thing I will say, and it's a weird one because I, I big up TikTok a lot and I know a lot of people don't like the idea of it and it's mainly boomers that have never been on TikTok properly, but there's actually a thing called the, uh, there's a few, um, they're Americans actually who have gone with the idea of um, a Norse religion. Fine. I mean, I don't believe in religion, but they want to be Norse religion. That is as acceptable to me as worshipping anything else. Sure. And the, the reasons for it are love and unity. And when they say they see racism, they always they go together with um, was it the um, the League of Tyr, and it's um, the and that is their kind of going. You know, we are the ones that are defending it. You know, if we see any of these guys, they can fuck off. It's right. that kind of thing of like we have read the runestones, and you see they get a lot of trolls in the same kind oh, yeah. of going yeah but you don't understand you don't understand that and they and you just see these guys who have clearly actually researched it going oh do you mean this translation or this one or do you mean that because if you then you like oh and then you just see them not respond ever again yeah. <laughs> and i think <laughs> this you get so many people in in like hema communities i've literally seen hema communities be taken over by racist groups and push the rest out and I've they're now that. And I've seen ego destroy a community. Mm. Like uh, somebody's translation is more accurate than somebody else's. And you literally get in fights over that. And it's like, guys, we're here to learn together. Right. Why don't you both take those, practice them, fight each other. Which one wins? If, 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 if one wins over the other, then maybe that one's more practical. Do it 10 more times. Whether it's traditional or not, whichever one works. I mean, we get, I, like I said before, we, we got that in Bartitsi. It's why I walked away from it, because it couldn't be done with it. Um, when, when something gets too political for someone that has a master's degree in politics, maybe turn it down, guys. Um, but it's, it, is, it is ridiculous that we have this kind of ego, politics, and racism. The idea that racism has come, the, the, the fact that like- It's London, because London, it's, being, it's being driven. Racism yeah. is being driven oh, yeah. by something, by someone, by a group, by I don't know who, but like the idea that it's- Orange-faced idiots in the Oval Office? Ah, I, 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 I'm not gonna get political on that one, but uh, <laughs> nah. It's, racism has been around much longer than oh, Mr. Yeah, no, Trump. It's been around for a long time. I think the problem is, is that the- Everything has been around for a long time. It's when it's given the ability to be seen as well as just be around. I think that's where the issue comes in. Yeah. Um, nobody really cares if it's in the background. It's when suddenly you can see it and they're given legitimacy, I think, is where we have the issue. Um, but yeah, we won't go into politics too much. Yeah. But I think that's, that's where the issue comes is when you give, when you give a form of um, any, any form of discrimination a legitimate okay. viewpoint. And when it's legitimate, then great. You know, the whole Proud Boys stand by and um, stand back and stand by. And then the very next day, the Proud Boys, who actually are part of the HEMA community, because I checked on this, literally started, really? posting, on, yeah, started posting on their Facebook um, groups of how they, that, that just proves that he's on their side and that they're standing by for a revolution. Um, 
So it's yeah. this idea. Yeah, could, yeah I don't know. Yeah. So many of them are are um, are using martial arts and training martial arts. We've seen it in the UK as well, and they they have to keep changing venue because they're they're literally training in mixed martial arts as their their way of defending themselves against the police. And you're going, the fuck? How are we allowing this to happen? How are we allowing these groups to be a thing in the 21st century? How the hell do we allow? You know the 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 National Front, which I boggles the mind for me that in the UK technically the National Front still exists. Um, we have you know the Ku Klux Klan in America. We have you know various groups all over that yeah. still exist. And you go, how how in the, how? Well, to be honest, uh, Mr. Uh, Orange Man did sign an executive order to condone yeah them. How, how, how long is the presidency? <laughs> no, no, he has. I, I'm going to tell you one thing. I will say I've done research. He has condoned white supremacy long, long ago and many, many times. He has. In presidential election, uh, yeah. the debates, he's condoned it. He, did, uh, he has condoned it. He has condoned it. It's the problem is, is that he also um, encouraged it many times before. That's yeah. the problem. That's the, I, don't that's the I don't know. It's, 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 it's a touchy time. thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the issue is, is that if you come down one side, you have to come down on one side. The, you have to, right. If you're going to say it's condoned, you have to condone it, like all forms of it. Don't, don't be teeter-tottering. Certain things are allowed nuance. Those aren't. I mean, put it this way. If, yeah. if something like that, if there was a, a, a trying a nuanced view that came onto your Twitch stream, would you give them time to think about it? Or would you just go, fuck off, we don't have racism here? That's, that's, the, way you go, that's the way you look at right. it. There's, um, there's but, yeah. clear things that... 100% <laughs> immediately if you say it you should just you, you know that that's bad get rid of it that that negative toxicity bye go away exactly exactly yeah so but i mean it's it's just crazy that these guys are allowed to to train i mean we we should be dealing with this and it's it's so sad that they that now i think a lot of people going into the hemi community as well actually see get it sucked into it that. it's it's this this idea of well the hemi community is this it's it's this it's this idea of a white supremacy is part of the hemi community now. and you're like that's that's not what it's about you know europe um european martial arts is not about a white race i mean the amount of times the uk alone the amount of times that we were invaded and have been taken over if we i mean there's a reason i always love it when we get when you get proper british people who go <laughs> well proper yeah, british i'm an i'm an anglo-saxon Oh what? So you're you're a German German Northern Northern European then? <laughs> because the Angles are from Germany and the yeah. Saxons are from fucking Saxony. So yeah. how exactly are you arguing the idea that you're an, a proper Englishman? So you have why why don't you like you love the Germans or the Sa I mean right just insane. I mean 1066 when we all celebrate the fact that we have um, William the Conqueror as as he's known and uh, yes William the Conqueror. Who was from a Viking background, given the Norman, Nor given Normandy by the French, so that he wouldn't take over France, and then came and came through um, the UK. And you go, and it's just people's way of thinking is incredible to me on things like this because yeah. it's it's like somebody was talking on stream um, the other day, um, last night about uh, St George's um, Day and how uh, why don't we have a St George's Day uh, celebrated in the UK? And I just went. What the idea of um, a Turkish immigrant who fought in a fantasy war? Love it. Bring it on. Let's let's have it as a right. day off then. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, rambled a bit there. But yes, I mean, I think you're good. No worries. We need to, we do need to try and. It's hard to see how we can combat 
things like that within Hema because there's so much that we can learn from Hema. As we've said, there's so much that we can yeah. we can learn. The In- problem is there's there's really no true head of any of this. It's just it it's an art or a hobby that started as a hobby that somebody wanted to grow in and take on. And, you know, there's nothing that they had that gave them rules, guidelines. It's really just based off of judgment, right? Uh, You as a person, if you're racist in nature, you're probably going to bring those tendencies to that community. So like, there's really no way to, it's, I, I don't know. Is it through, is it, because uh, I've often wondered, is, as you say, there's no head. Is it that the best way to try, and th- this is where it can be very difficult, is, is it the best way of trying to weed out those ideals is to have some kind of head of yeah. various forms? Is, is yeah, it, I, need, I, realistically, I think you need to have something that controls all forms of HEMA, like mm-hmm. an umbrella, right? You have one, and that's kind of more like a monopoly if you think about it, but like, but if you have one sort of structure that has rules that can be uh, handed out to any organization that wants to work with you, then I think you can actually control that a little bit more. But you have so many people doing their own thing, making their own rules, taking what other people have done, adding to it. It's, there's no guideline. There's no, it's just everyone does what they want to do. And that's the issue. It's so strange. And I think across the world as well is where we get into trouble. Because I mean, I, I yeah. know myself that if you want to start a martial art in the UK, it's very, it's very difficult. If you want to start a self-defense system, it's a lot easier. If you go to Germany and you want to start yeah. a self-defense system, it's very hard. If you want to start a martial art, it's a lot easier. It's back to front, even a few hundred miles away. So it's wild. Yeah. And, and because it's, it's, hmm. I mean, when I, when I, because I, I have my own self-defense system and the basis that I had to even be, except for it to even be looked at, you had to have been practicing, uh, you had to be training for 20 years. Um, sure. And that was the kind of, if you haven't been training for 20 years, come back to us when you have. And that was the kind of baseline. And, but I'm 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, do we do something like that? Do we kind of, is it the idea that, do we have a, a body? Because we have, like the Martial Arts Association International, does have divisions but it is an umbrella for a lot of different martial arts do we have something like that where yeah. it goes look if you are part of this organization the world hemmer council or whatever if you are part of that we recognize you if you're not we don't yeah, yeah. unfortunately there's so much lack of regulation around martial arts that there is 100 percent agree there you know who do we recognize do you know, even even in boxing because boxing is still technically a martial art yeah which, you know, at the moment, it's a lot easier to figure out who, who, who gets that ability to make those. Yeah. Who's the heavyweight champion, for instance? You know, which, which one of them do we look at? And we, it happens in a lot of things. Jesus, it even happens in normal sports. Darts, for instance, there's two world championships. You know, who do, who do we recognize as the, as the body? And I think that's, that's where we, 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 because of discussions, like you said, people arguing about what's best and what is a yeah. right deviation. You know, do we do that? But I think with any of it, it's so difficult to deal with without, like you said, without that head, without that that thing that's just saying, look, you know, this needs to be done. It'd be like a basically a UN for martial arts. It would be. And then even then you would have these people that, that would argue, is this the best way we do it? Because, right, you know, okay, 
because now that you have structure, people aren't always going to agree with that structure. So now you're going to have all this drama around all these rules and regulations. And does, does the art, does the art community, the martial art community or self-defense community grow because of this or does it harm it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's always this balance like, okay, this, this is a good idea, but let's look at what happens if we implement it. What's going to happen after? Yeah. And- yeah. Because because then we go back into the the thing about what what happened to Bruce Lee with the karate guys. Yeah, you know, because it, it, he was he wasn't really recognised by the Chinese, and right. he wasn't recognised by the Americans. Americans. He didn't he was either. In the middle, <laughs> he was just going, "Look, I'm just taking what I what I like." And it wasn't until um, he was literally able, and I think it was that that one tournament where he literally turned around and said, "Okay, tell you what, you hit him, and I'll hit him, and you try and hit me." And that so suddenly people just went, oh, okay, now he's proving it. But yeah, exactly. What, but then what do we do that for every single martial art, every single variant of every single yeah. system? You know, exactly. that's the only time to really do it is like, like you were saying is, you know, get together, fight, see what happens. But to do that for everything becomes really difficult. So it's, it does. Harsh. I mean, I think our main con- kind of conclusion is Hemery is amazing and it is great and you should get involved if you're out there, guys. But it's, it's a good history lesson show at the same time. Oh yeah. You've got to find um, the right people. Like I say, if you're in the UK, um, London Longswords, um, originally by David Rawlings, I think he's kind of taken a back seat, but the the place themselves, um, he he installed the next person. So it's still the good place. Um, George Zakharopoulos in Greece, definitely supposed to go. You were saying about some people in America. Yeah, we have uh, Christian Tobler uh, who does his own, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the actual, the Selohar Guild, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, they're, uh, they do, uh, Lichtenauer, uh, training from 14th century manuscripts. We have the Chicago swordplay guild that is in, uh, Chicago, obviously, um, the uh, same art style, same format, um, just different teacher. Um, we do have like the Hema Alliance. I think they're somewhere over here. And I think there's a division over in the UK too. Yes. The, the Americans are actually better. I've spoken to both sides and yeah. that's my personal opinion. I knew my personal opinion, but when I've spoken to them, when I was more, much more butted to the people that were far, weirdly considering it's historical European, the people that were far more dedicated were the American Alliance. Yeah. I see a lot of people over here that actually try to take what they, they, they go over to Europe. They go to these, these old school, um, uh, like, like castles and there's like, armor arms there's manuscripts there's all this stuff they just they, they look at it they take pictures they study it they go home they they but i mean i'm sure people over in the uk do that too i just i don't know i think because we don't really have it over here i think for us it's more of a oh, this is something new it's something fresh it's something we can really get into and in the uk it's probably like okay like this shit's everywhere like <laughs> well, i think it's actually, i think it's why it's probably better run for, for certain things and again if you're part of hammer um, alliance in the uk i apologize it's just my experience personally um but i think it's why it's kind of better done like that in in the us is because over here knights you know king arthur it's just yeah that's the shit that n- didn't happen that we kind of learn about yeah the stuff yeah you know whereas in america because you don't have the kings and queens and things like that it's like Oh, this is this is fun, medieval. Oh, what kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah. yeah, right. So you run it because you you want to be able to see it, whereas people in the UK are just like, yeah, we yeah. we got pissed off with this when we did it at GCSE level, like when we were sixteen at school. Like this is no 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 no, we don't want that. Yeah, you know yeah. about the history of the UK and the history of the UK is you know fighting is 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 sword exactly. fights and shit like that all the time. You know, yep. we're taught in sixty six, we're taught all this, we're sword play. So um, whereas in America, it's 
your your main one at least for 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 fighting a more modern because you're a more modern country so it's yeah it's that it's that kind of fantasy that isn't fantasy i think that it, it does help it definitely um, yeah, agreed but yeah i think we can kind of wrap it up there because we've we've gone off on tangents um we've we've both agreed and disagreed which is always a great thing about a podcast that is the point of them because if you have it, people that just agree on every single point it'd be fucking pointless they might as well just have one point exactly um so yeah we've we've shouted out a few people there also um last one from me if you want to do more hand to hand stuff there is the ketsugo uh, combat in Germany as well, in southern Germany. So um, there are there are so many places out there. I mean, uh, if I actually thought about it, I'd probably think of a few more. But just do your research. I would say, um, for me personally, if they are part of the Emma Alliance in America, for which I I very nearly signed up myself. But if they're part of that, um, I would I would personally I would trust them. Um, I would say that they are they are legitimate in that. Uh, if you're looking at something like Bartitsu, which is more modern, if you're anything to do with Tony Wolf in America, or you're Tommy, or you're part of Tommy Moore stuff in the UK, again, those two, and there are again, there are other people that do that system, and there are other people that do that system properly. It's just that I haven't personally known and seen that. Whereas with those two, I have seen and I do know and have read the stuff. Um, those two are definitely perfect tommy moore's book has literally just come out tony wolf has had a book out for years and tony wolf's is painstaking um everything that was ever written on Bartitsu is there so you can always buy it. their stuff is on amazon so um for that kind of stuff it's there as well and we obviously those other people that we've mentioned so if you do want to get into Emma, i would definitely suggest it this is from two people that have both trained in the more modern martial arts and got to um, relatively high, uh, you were a brown belt, so. Yeah, um, I don't actually have any black belts. I got to get back into martial arts. My son will be starting in six more months. He'll be starting okay. at four and a half. Oh, he's going to start at four, good. Perfect time to start at four years. Start him young, no, no. <laughs> so yeah. If I could have started when I was young, I would have, hands down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I was sent there because the men in my family had a temper, so they just sent me there just to, so it didn't happen. Um, but uh, yeah, if you, if you, this is coming from people who are relatively high. Obviously, I have my instructorships and things like that, um, and I have experience with other martial arts as well. So even from us who have had experience of this other stuff, we're saying HEMA is still something, even if you don't stick to it and you just use it to see maybe what's going wrong with your current system or what you might be able to add, you know, it might just be a little bit in your arsenal, a little extra movement of something, a little extra, you know, oh, well, what if the footwork was like this? That might, might, might all the change for you, you never know. So, um, but yeah. thank you everyone for, for joining us. Thank you, Patrick, for, for joining me there. Thank and, you for having um, me. We will see you all next time. Thanks everyone. <laughs>